You ready? Ready. Here we go. Episode 7, Organized Chaos. We have an exciting, exciting announcement to make. We've we've settled on a rebrand. We have settled on a rebrand. I'm 80% done with the branding Yeah, it looks graphics. awesome. Yep, Trev approves, which is always a wonderful thing. When we'll be rolling more of that out census. here soon. Yeah, oh yeah, right. This episode, it'll be all spanking new, looks good, but do it, tell, tell them. So yeah, so we settled, and we kind of talked about it in the last episode, yep. but we settled on a new... Um, podcast name uh so moving forward you will be listening to making the cut making the cut corb and trev we just kind of did some brainstorming and something that could totally apply to the sports world um and everything that we cover and talk about and each week you know it's kind of like hey this is this is what's on the docket what this is what made the cut for what we're going to talk about this is what we decided on to present and create content around so it's a it it was trev's idea immediately stood out i'm a huge fan of multi multi symbolism and what your brand or logo or whatever and it's uh it hits all of those notes for me for sure yeah and yeah, um, it's exciting stuff it is it is and I, th- I think everybody's gonna like it it's gonna be easier to find our show when you search for it so that's the exciting news making the cut with corbin trev yeah and so, uh, uh we'll be changing up stuff with probably like twitter Yep. Uh, yeah. Instagram, create a social media page on uh, Facebook. So we'll create a Facebook page. Um, and that was part of the reason we didn't go full bore with that stuff right. already. Yeah. Because we didn't even really know. We were still kind of getting, I mean, yeah. this is episode seven. We're on pace for 12. Yeah. You know, before the end of the year. Hopefully we can get more than that. Yeah. Um, it's exciting that we're still, we still have the energy after these first seven months to continue to want to do this. And yeah, I think this is where like, yeah, our motivation is there. And now we've kind of set ourselves in a position where like, this is going to be our brand moving forward. Yeah. And And now uh, we can dive in. Yeah. And you can, you can, you know, argue with people online a little more. (laughs) Exactly. I, you know, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So the, the, we've been trying to get together for a few weeks. Yeah. Like literally b- b- before the 4th of July, we yeah. wanted to do I think our episodes. last episode was like the second week of June or something. Yeah, like we did that. early June. So we wanted to get uh-huh. in and I was in Boise for fourth for the Independence Day holiday. Yeah. How was uh, that? It was amazing. I, I'd go down there and see my dad and my stepmom and nice. I also got to see um, some of the grandparents. They're still kicking. Right on. So that was amazing. And my cousin, Sydney, she just graduated from Boise State. So we got to see her. And, awesome. um yeah, the Mendenhalls are going to take over Boise, man. My, <laughs> my uncle and, and aunt there, uh, my dad's brother, they just sold their house and they're moving down there. So Really? Yeah, so it's going to okay. be... Gonna Boise's be, growing fast, man. There's a lot of people that are moving into Boise. It's I like, think they like the everything it has to offer, the pace of it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not necessarily like... You don't think of it as North Idaho necessarily. Yeah, it's, Idaho. it's you, like Southern Idaho. You think of it as like... Central you know, Utah, to Southern, yes, yeah. Idaho. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know? Well, and, and maybe I talked about this last episode. I can't remember. I don't know. But it's technically Spokane's sister city. Oh, uh, okay. So, like, the okay. infrastructure is built a lot, like, the same way that Spokane is. I would say Boise's downtown is a little more established, a little more hip than Spokane is. But yeah, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, like, set up. And it kind of makes sense. Like, when I've driven through Boise, I've totally seen, like, yeah, this that definitely that reminds me of Spokane. Yeah. That reminds me of Spokane. Yeah, like when you're driving because it's like one main highway, right? right. Just like I ninety, 
you know, we don't really have two freeways here in Spokane. So, dude, it's it's weird because Bellingham's kind of like an even smaller one of Spokane, like that. Yeah. Where it's just you just yeah. got that thing split in the city. Yeah, and that's sounds like it was a good time. It was an amazing time, and then came back, and my daughter turned five, and I had some my sister yeah. and my mom, and and their SOs with them, and we couple of back to back family weekends. Yeah, it was it was a lot, but it was a lot of fun. I'm glad it all worked out. There was no problems. No traveling was smooth. Everything was great. So, um, celebrations went off great, and. And now I think this is the kind of the part of the summer where you can, you kind of get everything in that you haven't done yet. And it feels like, at least for me, it feels less intense now. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm just looking forward to the rest of this summer now. Yeah, I am too. It's feels like I've gotten, kind of gotten through like the meat and potatoes of summer. Like yeah, all the like, exactly. big stuff that's happening. And me and my wife were just talking about that um, actually earlier today. And how like, you know, August is not going to be as jam packed with stuff. I think we have a wedding to go to towards the end of the month. And but then you the, might look forward to that. Yeah. Now. And yeah. And then the following weekend um, is Dave Matthews at the Gorge. So we're excited oh, cool. to get back to that because last year we didn't go because oh, that's right. the yeah. wedding was two weeks later. So that's right. Yeah. We'll be making our, our, our uh, pilgrimage back to the Gorge for a much anticipated Dave Matthews uh, weekend kind of like a look kind of like an anniversary type thing or you yeah yeah we'll still do something like i think because our anniversary will our anniversary will fall on a sunday so we'll still do something like that weekend for our anniversary it's probably you know maybe a little getaway for a night or something like that but um if she listens to this episode then maybe she has she's going to start getting an idea of what we're doing but (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah, that's awesome. so it's yeah so there's there's it seems like august will slow down a little bit and i say that now and then something will happen oh dude <laughs> next should be boom 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 boom. murphy's law right <laughs> dude but we were talking about we wanted to open our episodes with a, a kind of like a casual pop culture thing yeah we both were talking about a new movie we want to see oh yeah yeah the um this summer it's coming out yeah once upon a time in hollywood it's yep. coming out this weekend it looks awesome I'm sure that that's Tarantino Tarantino's. Film. Is that his tenth? I don't know. That's a good question. It's probably more than ten. For but some reason, I thought that he only had like Brad Pitt, Leo, Leo. Looks like there's some others in the from the cast side that yeah, pretty established. So I'm I'm certain it'll be a good film. I've I've enjoyed most of Tarantino's recent work. Mm-hmm. I loved The Hate Blade. I thought it was great. I mean, I guess it just depends on. Like are those his, all the ones that he directed that we're looking at right now, or yeah, that these are these are everything he's had anything to do with. I think so. He could have been like an actor in any one of those. Yeah, if we go to his wiki, it'll tell us. Um, his middle name's Jerome. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's awesome. For those of you Tarantino all right, fans, full you can film. Now you're call right. Him one, Hugh J. Nine, ten. I was right. You are right, bro. Nice. Tenth work. film. His tenth film. Lucky number 10, I guess. Yeah. There's, so, a, there's been some other good movies that are... Well, you said your wife went to uh, Aladdin. Aladdin. She really liked that one. Yeah. And then The Lion King came out. And yeah. I, I, I think s- people like it, man. My wife asked me if we could go, and I was like, yeah, let's go. And I think she was caught off guard. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I don't think she expected me to be like, yeah, let's go. She's let's like, check it out. damn it, I had friends on tap to go. What she didn't realize is that I literally saw the original Lion King in theaters probably like three or four times, so... Yeah. And I was 
maybe like yeah, I don't know, I was still it? in elementary school or just going into junior high. I don't know. Was it ninety four or yeah, ninety five? Maybe it was that early. So it definitely would have still been in elementary school. Now we're looking up the Lion King original. Of course it showed <laughs> any, anything. The original. Come on. All that comes up is the 2019. Like I know. Why can't it? Oh, 94. You're right. Yeah. Good guess. So he's definitely in grade school. But I saw it like three or four times, I think. In the I remember years. going to it for sure. But I only remember the beginning. You know, when they do the song and the ants are crawling on the trees. Oh, yeah. That's the only memory I have of it. But yeah. <laughs> but we did you go haven't to watched it again for- since you've been We have, kids? for sure. For sure. Oh, dude. Yeah. We have it. And it's. <laughs> Yeah, we've watched it. It's on every couple weeks. I mean, that's basically the only movies I still watch regularly is Disney, Disney movies. movies. Yeah, and that's so cliche to say as a parent. I hate that I just said that when I edit that out. But <laughs> you shouldn't, because I just said that I went to The Lion King like three or four times as a grade schooler. I'll leave How do you think that. that makes me feel now? Okay, well we'll <laughs> share the the embarrassment then, because I just I could I've seen Frozen, Brave, all the princess movies, Tangled. All of them, dude. And you know what? I'll say right now. They do a pretty good job building the world in those movies because they all interact and they all are <laughs> supposed to have like intertwining stories and stuff. But don't get me started on Pixar's yeah. world building. But anyways, where are we at? Are we on the intro? We got Oh, we're good. We're yeah, doing fine. We're doing good. I uh also well, have been uh I told you I was been been watching Yellowstone. Yeah. Season that two looks great. Yeah, season two is out and it's freaking awesome it's just a it's a badass power struggle series well done all around yeah like modern day cowboys and indians that's cool it's it's pretty sweet the first season was awesome i was hooked i think most people that i've talked to about it too are like it's a good it's one of those it's a great thing to you know fill the void of no more game of thrones no more thrones I'm playing. I've been playing Super Mario Maker Two. Yeah, bro, and yeah. that is like the Switch is just the best video game console I've ever ever experienced. Really? The Switch is just like they keep coming out with games that are just the best value. Like Super Mario Maker Two is technically an unlimited Mario game because it's got everybody makes their own levels and you just go play those. And you would never stop. If oh, as long as, long as people are playing and making levels, you can go play new levels. And it shows you like it'd be percentage like, um, of clears and stuff. It's so. almost like uh it's like Sim City, but but Mario. But Mario. And you just create levels and yep. then everyone just plays those levels forever. Yep. And, and as long has, as as long as it doesn't lose its allure. Well, it's Mario. And so, it goes yeah, through three won't. different types or four different types of Mario's. It's the regular NES, Super Mario Three, su- the Super Nintendo Mario, and then the like uh, the new Super Mario Bros, which is two D but three D okay. characters. Okay. So there's four different Mario's within. So when there's also a story mode in addition to like the build stuff. So if I'm playing the story mode and I'm going through the levels, there's if any level could be one of those four Mario games with all the mechanics of just that Mario. So technically, there's four Marios in one game. Gotcha. Okay. But unlimited levels per... Like, it's just... It's just kind of a really crazy concept. And when you have such 
a solid support from like we call like a first party developer like nintendo that's nintendo's ip you know what i mean like it's just insane like it's it's a it's an insane concept and then it's got the fit and finish of a super yeah that sounds fun like i i I could probably get lost in that for a a long long time i mean i I bet you people just buy switches just for that game yeah i yeah you should it sounds (laughs) add it to the christmas list babe yeah (laughs) heard it here making the cut all right well let's kick it off into the the yeah yeah man lots happened since we last got together boom i know and i'm excited to talk about this next thing because what you were talking about on the stats end which was the wimbledon final yeah you hadn't heard man what a what a match for those of you that didn't watch but maybe heard as you probably know uh novak djokovic defeated roger federer and what was really, in my opinion, one of the best tennis matches I've seen in a long, long time. And, and who knows, it might go down as one of the best ever just because it was in a Wimbledon final. Um, I think it lasted like the longest a Wimbledon final ever had. And it was the first year of a, the tiebreaker format that they had introduced. So okay. it, ended up, <laughs> it ended up going for quite some time. I got a question real quick because... This goes back to you being the sports master and me being the grasshopper. As far as the Wimbledon goes, compared to the other cups or tournaments, it's like tennis, the, it's the granddaddy. It's the, it's the big yeah. One. It'd be like it'd be like the Masters. Okay, gotcha. of, Perfect. of golf. Gotcha. Right. It's like the Super Bowl. Um, some people might say U.S. Open, um, but I think Wimbledon you got the history. Wimbledon, yeah, I got way more history, and I actually looked at that before you know, this episode just to like kind of do my due diligence on like what are the biggest tennis open or the biggest tennis my co-host right there, dude. Tennis matches like that people like follow or would, you know, attend and it's like Wimbledon one, US Open two, and then like the Australian Open and French French Open. Gotcha. Are the others that are kind of up there. And I think they define I think similar to like golf, they have they define them as majors. So if you want to got you. major, okay. I don't know if those are the four that are majors. I would or like how many probably, there are, or how many they are. Um, maybe we'll put that in circling back on the next. That's a good idea. Next yeah. episode, but um, okay. Yeah, so it was an incredible match. Both players just brought it, and it was really fun. I've, I, <laughs> I remember that morning. I think I had to take my wife to the airport, so I came home and was like, "Oh man, the Wimbledon match is on." It's like 6 a.m. And normally I probably wouldn't have gotten up that early. I had already been up to like take my wife to the airport because she had an early flight out. Tuned in and like was just glued. I wasn't tired at all for whatever reason. I think I just was like, man, this is awesome. As we, uh, you know, kind of talked about before the episode, it's really interesting to me how well you can play. From a statistical standpoint in tennis, and this is a perfect example, and still lose. Yeah, and, and the way you broke it down, it, and you showed me the sets and the games. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate for Federer. Yeah. And, I mean, again, Novak Djokovic. Machine. Don't, yeah, he's a machine. Don't, he's, he's the best in the world. There's a reason why he's ranked number one. Um, and he, he absolutely deserves that and deserved the Wimbledon victory. But statistically looking at everything that they, how they break down 
for tennis? Well, first off, let's just look at like the sets. So set one went to Djokovic, 7-6. Federer turns around in the second set and crushes him 6-1. to one. Then Djokovic comes back, wins the next set, 7-6. Federer replies in the fourth. And that's a, and, hand, and that's when, a handed, when, handed win right there. Yeah. He wins handedly 6-4. to 6-4, four. Four, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. No, he, yeah, he wins handily. And then they go to the fifth and final, and because of the new tiebreaker rule, they end, Djokovic ends up winning 13-12. So stati- like, if you add up the numbers, like who is the most consistent player throughout the entire match? Yeah. No, no questions Better there. played Better. as good as anybody could ever play. <clears throat> Here's where it gets really interesting. So we, I, I clicked on and found the like actual t- statistical breakdown for the for the match. Aces, Roger Federer twenty six, Novak Djokovic ten. Handily wins the handily aces. wins, the and aces. he was bringing the heat, man. There was a couple that were up there at one hundred and twenty five miles an hour. Uh, he was just he smoked him on aces, and then Djokovic actually had more double faults, nine to to Federer six. First serve percentage went to Federer, 65% to 61%. He won his win percentage on the first serve was 78% to, to Djokovic's 74%. And then his win percentage on second serve was tied with Djokovic for 56 So they tied there. That's that the was only one category stat. that they had a tied stat. Break points, Djokovic was 3 of 8. Federer was 7 of 13. So kind of a similar... Pretty close. Pretty close. Uh, here's where Djokovic beat him in, in one statistical category, and I think that it might actually maybe be a little more weighted than some of the others, but he won three tie breaks, and Roger Federer didn't win any. Yeah. But then receiving points won, so like when Federer receives and then scores a point off of receiving... He had 79 receiving points to Djokovic's 64. Yeah. Which is substantial. Arguably harder to do. Right. Then points one, Federer had 218 to Djokovic's 204. He won 36 games to Djokovic's 32. He won four games in a row to Djokovic's three. His max points won in a row were eight. To Djokovic is seven. This is the only other category. This next one is the only other category that Djokovic won, and that was service points won, 140 to 139. Look at service games won, though. Federer, 29. Djokovic, 26. Only two statistical categories did Novak Djokovic defeat or or he was better. I shouldn't say defeat, but he was better than Roger Federer, and he tied him for one other. It was just, it was, and when it's I, it's bizarre, it's, it's super bizarre. And when I look back at that, I kept, I kept thinking to myself when I was watching that match, I'm like, man, Federer just seems like he's the better player. Like just, you know, statistically he's feels like he's scoring more. Um, he certainly was better. I like, I watched him smoke a ton of aces like, and where Djokovic couldn't, you know, just couldn't handle it. It was just too fast. Um, but it's very, very interesting. Like, and maybe, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm not a, a huge 
tennis follower, but like the bigger events I like to tune into and watch. And of course it's man, when they get a rally going, it's like, it's tense, tense, dude. You're like, all right, who's going to fuck up first. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Like, but, um, hats off to Novak Djokovic for winning Wimbledon. What a match it was. Roger Federer is arguably the Tom Brady of tennis. Like he's his, He's a tr- even when, even when he loses, he loses in such fashion that, and it was it was great to see him when they interviewed him after they interviewed both the guys after the match. And they interviewed Roger and he said, because uh, they asked him, he you know he's thirty seven years old, and that's on the older end of a tennis a professional tennis player. He's like you know part of the reason I'm doing this is just so I can, I I guess I can encourage others that are younger than me that you can still do it when you're 37 years old <laughs> so, so he was he kind of like chuckled that off and and uh and then i think djokovic said something after when they interviewed him about how like he hopes that he's still doing it at 37 and i think he's 31 or 32 right now so but it was a great match i thought it was definitely worthy of uh Making the cut. Making the cut, bro. There For uh, this episode and, and uh, d- happened while we were, you know, on our, I guess, month-long break between episodes. So. Yeah, we were prepping. We were yeah. thinking and prepping. And yeah. just to throw it out there, is this, this is this year's women's, is, is this yeah. Simone Hillip? Yeah, I think she, yeah, she defeated, yeah, she defeated Serena Williams. So, for the gals. Is she Romanian? Is she Romanian? Is that the Romanian flag? I believe so. Yeah, I, you're right. I was right. Well done, Trev. I'm trying to get better at my flags. That's cool. There's man. so many of them. <laughs> There's so many of them. I know. That's that's impressive when it's just the three bars too. Just like three not very unique colors. Yeah. Well done. All right. <clears throat> Moving along. Let me make a little mark. Boom. The Hawks, Seahawks off season. Are we moving? Are we moving to Seahawks stuff? Yeah, is that next? Or what do you want to talk about next? Oh, I was gonna just um, mention the uh, the Open Championship. That oh was yeah, this yeah, last yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah Shane please. Lowry, the Irishman, finished at minus fifteen to uh, take home his first major right in his like backyard at Royal Portrush, and uh, he was six strokes ahead of the next guy in the field. So he won, he won pretty handily, like played a, a great round on his final day. And is he um, pretty young. Yeah. You know, I don't know how old he is. He, he seems like he's a little younger, but he's just like a gentle, like he kind of reminds me of like a gentle teddy bear. 32. He's yeah, our age. He's, yeah. Royal is in uh, Northern Ireland, which a lot of people say it's like Rory's Rory, Rory McIlroy's like home course. Okay. Rory didn't make the cut. It was a sad. I felt so bad for the guy. The guy went out and like shot plus seven on day one, and then the next day goes out and shoots six under. Dang. So like a complete opposite. And you know they thought he was gonna make the cut, and then he didn't. Didn't make the cut. Didn't make the cut. But uh, he could come on our show anytime. Though. He could come on our show anytime. <laughs> That's an open invite, Rory McIlroy. Yeah, you make the cut with us, buddy. All the time. Um, but uh, congratulations to Shane Lowry on his first major and winning the Open Championship um, at minus 15. Uh, 
I think he actually decided to take a week off and he's not playing on the tour event that's this weekend. So oh, that's he's funny. really enjoying it. And Dude, that's hilarious. It was probably a pretty nice payday and oh, needed a little yeah. time to just relax on one. Calling in sick family. the next day yeah. for sure, bro. Yeah. Bonuses. Yeah. So, oh, buddy. Super. He's so hungover. <laughs> he was definitely drinking proper 12 oh, at some point that yeah. weekend. And yeah. maybe even hanging out with Conor McGregor. Who Probably. Knows? Yeah. And then then goodness knows what happened. <laughs> Ugh. Who knows? Who knows? All righty. We crack another beer. Move on to the hawk. Absolutely. Alrighty. Seahawks off season looks pretty fun. Uh yeah. I um it it definitely uh well parts of it. Parts we got of some it. bad news. We today wasn't fun. It was fun until today. A couple well, a couple was it? Yeah. Two days ago. Two days. Right? Was it Monday? Monday this or week. Tuesday? Yeah. This week this was week not was not fun. There's not parts of it were not fun. But there's but there's been some cool little, you know interesting wh- interesting uh well, I want to I want to start it off with I saw because people like we've we've hyped DK Metcalf, Kalen yeah. a lot, yeah, and everybody's hyping him, and he's a a big body receiver, and he's the next Megatron, and he's on our squad. But even the analysts like that have actually got to see him in action and like been covering like Seahawks like off season workouts and all that like. They like he, yeah, they like him. Like he, he, he. It sounds like he's living up to the hype. Well, so what I saw him, because Twitter's where you should, everybody should get all their information from, because it's the fastest information. But anyways, that's where you get all the information about our president. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. If you really want to know what what he Donnie T is doing, you just get on Twitter, just bro. Get hit up the real Donald Trump. The real Donald Trump. So, uh, but the Kalen's page, he's, he went to this organization and he's been working with like, he, all he's been doing this, his rookie off season before he starts his first professional season is work, 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 work. Dude has been trying to run better routes. He's been, um, coached by, uh, players that run their own camps specifically for receivers and corners. And it's um, it's just exciting, man. And then what I've saw the last week is Russ and him specifically have been getting their chops in already. Yeah, and they're working out together. And everybody knows what Russell's like in the off season. He flies his team out to Hawaii. He will do everything. He's a he's a worker, and that is so exciting to me. Yeah, you build that chemistry now. Russ is the veteran now. He mm-hmm. can be the. He, I mean, he's walking around with flipping cornrows and Ciara wherever he wants, dude. <laughs> so Russ has, you know, grown into that like leader, veteran, franchise QB. Yeah, and, and he y- backs it up. You know, it's funny because I was watching. Um, I guess it would have been last week or maybe the week before. Colin Coward. Oh yeah, was talking Colin about Russ. Say? Oh yeah, uh, he's he. Well, he started off by saying, you know, I'm from we're gonna the Northwest. Talk a, a lot about rest today. Yeah, we're gonna talk a lot about rest today. But he, he, he started to basically say, you know, I, I came from the Northwest. I try not to be the Homer. 
right? I really, really try hard to give like a lot of East Coast teams a lot more coverage. Yeah. You know, like the big market, like he yeah. openly said, you know, I, I try to give the big market teams a lot more, a lot more attention than where I come from. And he, he's basically just flat out said like this team, the Seahawks haven't had their success because of the Legion of Boom, because of the great defense. All those players have come and gone. But guess who's been there the entire time of their success? And it's pretty evident. Like he's, I, I don't always agree with what Colin says. I'll be the first to say that. Like there's sometimes where I'm like, I don't, you know, don't like I just, I disagree. Yeah. But there's a lot of, he's very like, even in that situ in those situations, he's super educated. Obviously he's, you know, at the highest level of sports commentary or and, journalism, know, journalism possible in sports. But I found myself like really leaning into his discussion about that. And, you know, being a Hawks fan, it's, I kind of feel that same way. Like sometimes I feel like I'm being a little bit of a homer. Yeah. And I try to give like other teams, and we talk about the Seahawks a lot on this podcast and we always will, but I try to like talk about other situations that are happening with other sports organizations yep. or teams. And I'm, I can't disagree with Colin in this situation at all. Like I absolutely believe like there's a reason the Seahawks have had their success and there's someone that's been at the helm of that the entire time. And that is Russell Wilson. Earl Thomas might've been my favorite player of all time as a Seattle Seahawk. It was a pretty ugly, like, you know, oh, yeah. divorce. Yeah. Um, Very ugly. Pretty ugly. And, you know, I can put that behind me and move forward. But, uh, but it's, it's, yeah, but Russ is, it's exciting to see, like, where things could go with a young receiving core um, and Russ at the helm. I think that he's still in his prime and maybe we haven't even seen the best of Russell Wilson yet. I don't think we have. If if he stays healthy and he's a scrambling quarterback, so that can sometimes be a factor. Knock on wood that that doesn't happen. But like I could see that guy playing as if he wanted to, playing as long as Tom Brady, which is still another like what eight years, maybe longer. Yeah, because Russ is I think he's our age. Yeah. So maybe like a year younger. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little younger. So, um, no, it's the, so did Russ benefit from his earliest years with the Legion of boom around him? Of course. Oh, totally. But the, the, to have, but your, he's still winning. He like, look at him. They went 10 and six last year. Right. Oh, dude. With it, was, without a defense that like, a, a, like a dismantled defense, a dismantled. We still had core. Frank Clark and Jaron Reed. Yeah. Right. So they've combined for what, 23 sacks or something like that. And, you know, we still had Bobby. KJ was kind of hurt off and on throughout the season, most of it, right? But we ended him. We ended him. But then we got Michael Kendricks, who's coming back, who Pete believes, like, Pete believes that he could, he might not have to serve the time for, like, the insider trading deal. Like, mm-hmm. where they, at some point this season, they believe he will contribute to the team. And that might be the best linebacking core that the Seahawks will have had. Had fielded ever. You know, since since uh, Malcolm Smith was there. Yeah, yeah, right. And Before and Kendricks might actually be better than Malcolm Smith. So Interesting. Um, 
it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. I think the biggest question mark right now is like their our defensive line with yeah, you know, the announcement of Jaron Reed, but we'll talk about that a little yeah in a little bit. But but uh, so to wrap it up about Russ it, and why we're talking about this is is um the Madden ratings came out and everybody loses their mind over that, but it was cool on Twitter the Honey Badger himself, um Tyrion Matthew. Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew, um, the Kansas City Chiefs used to be on the Arizona Cardinals, and then the Houston Texans. <laughs> he, um, he said himself, Russ is the best in the game. Yeah, essentially, and um, yeah, that's mad props. And he even backed it up and argued a little bit on one or two comments to say, and it was funny because he was telling somebody, he's like, you, you don't, like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're, you're not allowed to sit at this table. <laughs> yeah. And it and it was just cool to for one of the best best safeties in the game to give our franchise QB that sort of props and the, it 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 double makes me double down on what I believe like I'm so happy and so thankful that we have that position locked down yeah. that Russ got his new second deal he's probably not going anywhere now because that was his probably not going to get another all money deal he's going to have to start giving up a little money to keep yeah. his team together yeah. but he's already been paid now. Totally. So now he can give, now it's time for him to stay with Seattle for the rest of his career. <laughs> but anyways. Yeah. But we say this because the question is, is Russ a Hall of Fame QB? Yeah. I, so I saw that like question come across, I think it was part of like a Seahawks fan group. Like someone proposed the question. It was on Facebook, I think. And I really started to like like the question mark idea bulb like went off in my head. I'm like, well, my initial thought was no. Yet. It was more of a yet. Mm -hmm. And then I started, I was like, well, let's, let's look at like some statistical stuff. And if you want, you can pull some stuff up. Um, I was looking at like modern day quarterbacks that are currently in the hall of fame. So obviously there's guys that aren't in the hall of fame yet. Like breeze, like Tom Brady, like, um, Peyton Manning, gosh. Uh, I think Brett is. Yeah, I think he. I think he already is. If you look at some of the guys that are already in the Hall of Fame, Steve Young, Joe Montana, Dan Marino, John Elway. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the greatest quarterbacks of all. Troy Aikman. Oh, I'll say this: If Russ, sorry to interrupt you, but along your lines, if someone like a Tony Romo makes it. That guaranteed Russ to be in there. If Russ continues to have the career, let's say he 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 trends the right way in mm-hmm. a positive way, doesn't get set back by injuries, and trends the way his career is now, and he he will absolutely be a Hall of Famer. And he's guaranteed Hall of he's Famer. He's already statistically better than some current Hall Sorry, of Famer. Did I just totally just destroy all your stuff? No. Interrupt you? No. But I want I thought about that because a lot of those names you're talking about, they reminded me of players like a Tony Romo or players that were very good, very good. Mm-hmm. Didn't like have like the full circle career, like you, a champ, like, like a championship's yeah. definitely in there, you yeah. know, like, stuff like that. Like, damn man, you can't. Jim take- Kelly. He's another hall of famer. Um, would Philip Rivers be a hall of famer? Uh, I think Philip might just st- like from a, I mean, the guy's thrown for so many yards so many and for yards. so long i mean and he's played with so many good i players. think the one thing that might hold him out of i mean antonio gates isn't antonio gates yeah uh, yeah but i i think the one 
how do we base what do we base it off of and like that's what i don't know it's based off statistics but i think it's also based off like you know championships I mean, yeah, that's kind of like, like... That's weighted to it. That's got to be like And Philip doesn't have percentage. a Super Bowl, to my knowledge. I don't think he's ever no. won a Super Bowl, so... Uh, or come close. So you wanted me to look up Hall of Fame quarterbacks? Yeah, so if you look up like a list of like modern-day Hall of Fame quarterbacks, statistically from a completion percentage, Russ is better than most that are already in the Hall of Fame. Is he as good as Breeze? Uh, he's, he's better than Brady from a completion percentage. Just barely. Obviously, Brady has more. A couple more championships. Yeah. And I think the one thing that is he's behind and lacks from some of these Hall of Fame quarterbacks is how many yards he's thrown for in his career. Okay. Well, if he plays f- three, four more years, he will surpass or be around what some of those guys, the Marinos, mm-hmm. the Elways, the, what some of those guys threw for in their career. What makes Russ, I think, even more qualified to be a Hall of Famer is that he will be one of the top four quarterbacks in NFL history to have run for more than 4,000 yards as a quarterback. Yeah. Shortly after this year. Knock on wood. Right. Um, but he's very close. Because when, when I pulled up Russ's stats and it shows all his, like, Seahawks records and then right. his NFL. Like, so if he stays with one franchise, too, I think they like that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. Because you are setting a bunch of franchise into, It could weigh into it. You're bringing, you know, you're bringing a new era. to Like, you set a new era for the franchise. I think he needs one more championship and like three to four more years of solid statistical production. Yep. And and he's boom. And, and he's yeah, you like give me a reason why he wouldn't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And even if he got to like another NFC championship or got to another Super Bowl and they didn't win, I still think that he would probably like You still think he'd be done. He'd be all all in. I think he would be in. Yeah. Sorry. It's going to be interesting sucks, though cuz he's now in this class of like the he's now in this class like competing to like get in the Hall of Fame with like guys like Breeze. Yeah. Guys like Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, guys like Dude, Peyton Manning. This is kind of off subject, but it's it, a lot of people are going to be having the same conversation. Well, I don't know if you can anymore for Andrew Luck, but people are losing their minds on Twitter about the Andrew Luck Russell Wilson debate. Yeah. About who's better. I haven't been following it much. Dude, like, clearly it comes down to indie fans versus Seattle losing their mind. But, like, I'm super curious what, like, the the nonpartisan person thinks and says. Because if you're going off numbers and championships and all that stuff, like, Luck setting a bunch of franchise records after Peyton Manning, is he do? you know, like, what's he able to do? Yeah. It's so this brings back brings back a thought about what Colin was saying too. Colin compared guess who Colin compared Russell Wilson to in the NBA? Tim Duncan. Steph Curry. Oh, oh. All he right. said that Russell Wilson's the most underappreciated, underrated player in the league. Uh, for I, what he does. And yeah. you know what? It's because of the way he carries himself. He's he's humble. 
he doesn't boast. He doesn't like. He's just yeah. And, he's and, not and big Steph, and loud. He's, he's quiet. He's not big and loud. And Steph does the exact same thing. Yep. They do just enough celebrating because right. they're passionate and competitive. Right. Why they're at the level that they're at. Totally. But you're right. They're not. They're not all in your face. Right. They're not like a Russell Westbrook. Exactly. Like exactly. That's, that's the kind of like like passion spills over in compet- competi- competition totally. spills over. But they keep that reined in very well mm-hmm. and focused. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's scary if guys like that can fire on all cylinders because you can see them do otherworldly stuff. Like oh, yeah. superhuman stuff that you're like, what? Well, no one's done that. Right. No one's doing that. It's awesome. Yeah. All right. So I but, think, we, I think, but I think, yeah, I guess the, it was an interesting thing that I saw come across my social media and I was like, man, that'd be kind of interesting to like have a discussion about on the podcast because I think that I think he is, I think he is eventually and who knows, you know, maybe you could make an argument for it right now. There was a lot of people that like were chiming in and commenting on that question and post and they're like, oh, absolutely. And here's why. And, you know, I started to do kind of my like statistical like breakdown of it and compare him to like current Hall of Famers. And I'm like, well, in a lot of categories, he's better. And what he what he has that a lot of these quarterbacks don't is legs. Yes. And that's the that's the next level NFL. Like they, like you look at the Hall of Fame and it's the modern era QBs. Right. This is the next era QBs. Right. Where it's multi dimension and it's not just pocket passing. Like it's gonna go. He's probably gonna go down as a top three rushing quarterback of all time. Yes. It's gonna be Vic, Cam Newton, and him. <laughs> yeah. Which is gonna be cool because Russ, everybody's been talking crap about his size. Yeah. And his abilities since day one. Well, they talk crap about Mike Vick's size and look what he did. Yeah. Yeah. So That's what happens when you talk about man's size. Yeah. So, but yeah, I thought that that was uh, an interesting question. I like it. Dude, those are great discussions. have a little discussion about. Excellent. All right. Well, on, the, on the bad news side of that, um, Jaron Reed's, you know, have to serve a six game suspension for something that like, yeah, I guess brutal. he wasn't even like convicted of. And it stems from like something from 2017. I'm like, how does it, how do you go that long without like serving a suspension? Uh, dude, things are so not even backwards there. I hope he appeals and it gets knocked down to like three or four, but I don't know. Like it could have been one of those situations like, Hey, if you don't acknowledge this at all, then you're not, we're not going to, we're not, we're not going to let you appeal or you can, let's get this over with. And it's this here. Yeah. But over here, it could be double or whatever, yeah. just arbitrarily saying something. But could have been an incentive thing too, because he he probably bonused for how many sacks he had last year. Sack lunches, <laughs> so many. Um, crab crate, crab cakes in football. That's what Maryland does. <laughs> I guess that's what Seattle does, but definitely we'll find out more and uh, we'll find more found out find out more in august and september it's coming up i know dude it's crazy preseason's like i'm happy though because this summer this summer got a little got a little away from me a little bit yeah but it was nice because there wasn't anything going on all right we're we're back live a little technical difficulty 
It happens. It happens. But luckily, we only missed like a few minutes. Yeah. Thank goodness, because that scared the piss out of me. <laughs> For a quick second, we thought we were going to have to re-record this entire episode. Yeah. <laughs> or at least like 30 minutes, which is not, which is very demoralizing. Yeah, it's like one of those, well, I uh, better uh, send my wife a text message and let her know it's going to be a little later than I originally anticipated. Yeah. What are we at? We're already at 10. How are we doing on time? We doing okay? Yeah, we're good. Okay. I got time. All right. We were going to talk about Earl Thomas, and um, there's a, there's an interview on ESPN. You should go watch it. And Yeah, I caught a little bit of it today. Yep. And it... <laughs> gonna go through this twice but uh we freaking anyways um earl just answered a bunch of questions about how he left seattle what he felt and uh where he's at now with it and essentially there's no closure to the entire situation it's still pretty open-ended he's pissed off still he feels like it was he was hosed and pete carroll specifically was the one who kind of played both sides of the coin and when he flipped everybody off, he wasn't flipping off everybody. It was just Pete Carroll. Yeah. In that game, he got injured. And and um, and um I was saying earlier what we recorded is that I get what Earl's, like, passionate about and that he's competitive and everything, but he he's a businessman, and yeah. he went for the money, and he was going to only go for the money no matter who it was. And right. that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. No. No, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Look, it... It was an ugly divorce. Still one of my favorite players of all time in a Hawks jersey. I'm glad he got a max deal, you know, with a team that wasn't the Niners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's out you of know, our like, conference. It would have been cool to see him, like, pair up with, yep. like, maybe just another awesome, strong safety. Yep. Or just, like, like it would have been cool to see him go to, like, the Browns. Like, yep. You know, you said. Yeah, they, would be, they've been making you know, a lot of all moves. The, with all the moves, that like, that would have been a good fit for him. Um. Kansas City would have been a good fit for him too. Yeah, that's part of the interview. And he talks about like literally in one day he made the decision to change from Kansas City on a one year deal to right. go to Baltimore just simply because of the money. Right. And, and again, that's awesome. It's what he's about. He's a right. badass businessman. He's gonna so. walk in the shoes of like, you know, the greatest safety of all time, Ed yep. Ed Reed. So Ed Reed. It, so like Edward Reed. Edward Reed. I mean, and arguably like when it comes down to it Earl's gonna be he I think he's already solidified himself as one of the best safeties of all time Hall of Famer you can, you can argue sure. with me I, I'm off offline or off the podcast about that and we can talk about it but like the guy's coverage skills are insane his closing speed is insane he's just he's everywhere on the field and reminds me a lot of Ed Reed at times you yeah know? um but like one of the fastest fastest tackler oh i've yeah. ever seen yeah to the ball speed is yeah. is unmatched can help and run support like oh man yeah he closes the top end of the field if necessary yeah um he'll pick you off and take it to the house great ball skills yeah and uh and he's a smart smart uh x's and o's guy totally yeah no he uh I think he took a jab too. It was the other, I think it was an article. Someone said like they were talking about the Seahawks defense, how complex it was, or someone was trying to like comment on like how complex was it? And Earl was like, all we ran was cover three, like every play. (laughs) So it was like a diss on Pete Carroll, I think. Yeah. 
the schemes they ran, but well, and, and how much they would rely on the natural ability and, and intelligence of their defensive players. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like, but there's also there's also something to be said. Like you might have the nicest camera or the nicest vehicle on the road, doesn't mean you know how to use it. Totally. So, yeah. Um, now people could argue that Seattle doesn't use their assets. As well. <laughs> <laughs> they could argue that anytime, anywhere. But. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, we've already said goodbye, Earl, and all that. So I just, I just wanted to, I, it's, it's out there. He's still one of the top players in the game, and he's not going away anytime soon. So one last Seahawks note um, oh, we'll that I forgot, uh, because of the announcement of Jaron Reed's, Jaron Reed's suspension, six game suspension, uh, the Seahawks have signed Earl Mitchell. Defensive oh, nice. tackle who was with the 49ers, and I believe he started like all 16 games last year. Ooh, let me look before. up his. Um, which he'll be a nice he'll be a nice plug and play guy. He's not a sack artist, uh, but he'll be able to disrupt the run and fill gaps. And it's always nice to have a guy that was in the division and a rival, so be able to kind of speak to him. going into those rivalry games, like what you can expect. Oh, I, I love stealing players from <laughs> division rivals. I love it. Yeah. Welcome to the Twelves, Earl Mitchell. Yeah. Or I welcome. guess welcome to Seattle. The Twelves should be excited about Earl Mitchell. Yeah. And it'll help too with Ziggy Ansah maybe not being ready for the uh, start of the season. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. But we got some big stuff to talk Ooh, about. This Probably is the biggest segment. Talk about organized chaos. Yeah, organized chaos, bruh. And, and I'll say this again, even though we already recorded this part, lifelong Brooklyn Nets fan over here, Trev, <laughs> since forever. I don't know why you, I don't know how you're a lifelong Brooklyn Nets fan. I mean, I guess you're going to look forward to the 2021 finals, right? Nah, nah. You're 20, right. 2021. Your boy KD ain't gonna play this year. I know, and we were talking. He's, he was my boy KD too. So. He's he's all he's he's the collective, the collective homie for yeah. all of us, and fans of the show. But we were saying, like, how badass is KD to sign a max contract knowing he's not even gonna play this year? And that's pretty yeah, crazy. It's pretty sweet. And then you and you follow that up with. <laughs> there's another guy. Yeah. <laughs> Named Clay Thompson that did the same thing. Who's actually going to play this next year? Yeah. So, better return on your investment immediately. It probably depends on how the Warriors do, though. Okay. I mean, I still think that they're a playoff team. Iggy's gone, so that sucks. That sucks. And they man. and they waived they waived Sean Livingston. They did. Man, they gutted them. But, but dude, look who they got. They went and got Willie Cauley Stein from Sacramento. Good depth move. Because they lost Kevin Looney. Um, yeah, they've had a con- kind of like a total revamp, but around Clay, yeah, Steph, and Draymond, yeah, and uh, around Draymond, D'Angelo Russell was part of the sign and trade for like KD, so okay. he came from Brooklyn. Okay, so it'll be like Steph and D'Angelo Russell out there with Draymond. Um, but they added somebody else. Um, okay, yeah, Willie Cauley Stein. Signed Glenn Robinson the third, and then they went and drafted Jordan Poole, that kid from Michigan State who's just oh, a shooter, dude. Yeah. So I think they're looking for like shooting depth. Look, it's gonna be a. It's gonna be. I mean, you see this. It had to show up, and you yeah. know what? 
they took full advantage of their run. Would it have been nice to see them get that three-peat? Absolutely. I was kind of rooting for it. But dang, man, the Gold State is going to be just fine. If you keep Steph, they'll, they'll still be a top. Clay. I bet they'll still be a top four team in the West. Yeah, I think so. Let's look this The Lakers now. are going to be the Lakers and Clippers. Yep. Here's what Spurs are probably going to be in the mix. Um, well, the Rockets have the best backcourt in the NBA. Oh, the Rockets are going to be scary. But the Clippers but, are going to be but then, super scary. What did what Should did we, what did your brother-in-law say? He said uh you got two of the biggest biggest ball hogs in the league no oh, playing dude. with each other. It's so funny. <laughs> so funny. The the memes on Twitter are so funny, dude. But there's still going to be here's okay, don't get me wrong. Kawhi and Paul George together in LA is huge. Right. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are, are no, to the just, LA Clippers. Even, even with the Clippers kind of like having that like a little bit of a playoff like splurge and you know, I think they won two games and that was like a four two series to Golden State, if I remember correctly, or something like that. But I just don't see the depth. Like where's the depth? Yeah, you got two superstars. Where's the depth? Because what's made the Warriors great is the bench. is some of the bench players that yeah. they've had and been able to like yeah don't get me wrong you got you've had four you know superstar players on your team in the starting five for the last however many years and some might argue for part of that it was like one of the best starting five of all time yeah I I just don't see the depth in in L A I see the Lakers being a much more dangerous team than the Clippers. Yeah. Based on like their starting four versus or they starting five. Yeah, they got Kuzma, they got LeBron in the back. They got those two guys in the backcourt. They picked up Boogie. And they got Boogie now, which is huge. And Marcus so Cousins. They signed to Marcus Cousins. And that was a smart move because I think they wanted a point guard, but they couldn't get like Kemba or Kyrie to come out oh, there. No. So they had to they it was smart because DeMarcus had already played with A D when he was in New Orleans for a period of time. So mm-hmm. you pair those two big men with each other. like Yeah, they're going to be and good. And, dude, Boogie can kind of shoot from the outside sometimes, too. So Yeah. I, I think that was a really good move on the Lakers' part. Oh, they're going to uh, be And they so also picked up watch. Avery Bradley. Yeah. So that was a good depth move. Yes. And they no. signed, re-signed Rondo. Yep, so they're set at point. Dude, I, and, and they said LeBron's going to run point, too. Well, I'm sure he will. They but still like, have Lance like Stevenson too, like on the bench oh, is like a depth great, guy. Great dude. I think they still do. Oh my god! I don't know if he became a free agent or what. Lance is one of those guys where, like, I used to hate him so much, but now I think he's one of the greatest things in the. When NBA. he used to blow in LeBron's ear. Yeah, for when he was on the Pacers and those <laughs> those Eastern Conference with. Oh man, the Pacers were so. Paul George was on there. Yeah. Um, George uh, Hill. George Hill was in his, arguably his prime at that time. He was. It was, that was, so, I mean, talk about how many did finals did Jordan deny people. Talk about LeBron denying the Eastern Conference. Yeah. For his, yeah. most of his career. Sucks. Kemba ended up with the, the Celtics. We're yeah. talking about all these free agency moves and how yeah. like 40% of the NBA what players have we not like said ended yet? up somewhere else or something like uh, that. And then CP3 is part of the Westbrook trade. Yeah, Westbrook got traded to Houston and Chris CP3 Paul can went go to OKC. End his career somewhere for you the know, next few I, years. I don't think the Lakers had anything to give, but the Lakers should have tried to figure out how to get Chris Paul to 
L.A. Oh, man. I don't, I think he's too toxic. I think he's too crazy. Yeah. When you have all those other players around you, though, and all you need to do is win a championship to solidify you yourself. As, I mean, he probably, guy. if he, yeah. if Chris Paul won a championship, he'd probably become a Hall of Famer, right? Maybe. I don't know. I hear about how crazy he is, and I don't like him. Yeah. Like, it would just, if all those stories are true, and I hate acting like that, like, yeah. listening to a bunch of gossip rumors, but, uh, on Twitter, nonetheless, but it's just, I don't know. I, like, I'm, of those two, I would prefer Westbrook to get a little bit more shine and more success than oh, totally. CP3. Oh, totally. Oh, totally. And um, it's kind of cool with Harden and Westbrook back together. Yeah, it'll be uh, be interesting to see that duo. Um, I'm I'm excited to see D'Angelo and Steph kind of work together. That that will be interesting to me. I yes. think that it, it it'll probably might free up um, Steph to shoot a little more. I mean, not that he already doesn't, but like instead of like handling the ball, yeah, a lot of like you know. He can move without the ball more. Off ball screens and stuff like that. I like it. Get him open. Um, so now one other note we can just cover real quick. Oh man, I have not been talking close enough to the mic. <laughs> uh is my um parlay is over because Katie's definitely not going to the Lakers and all that. So Yeah. Well, well, well. It's okay, because I said that he was gonna stay. Um, oh yeah, but if he didn't stay, I thought he was going to be a Nick. I know, and I thought I think we thought Everybody's that Kyrie was going to maybe gonna, like be a be a Nick as well. It's interesting how like Kyrie leaves Boston and goes to Brooklyn, signs with Brooklyn, and Kemba Walker goes to Boston to fill those shoes. And they, I, I saw something that was like a statistical breakdown, and it was almost like they kind of painted this picture that Kemba was the better better player, but. Well, interesting time will tell i mean i argue Kyrie's got a little less pressure on him now yeah not this year but next year yeah but is i really hope kd and Kyrie tear it up in the east i really hope that that turns into like the eastern conference powerhouse didn't brooklyn sign someone else too that like a, a big man or um oh yeah deandre jordan Oh, and they got the Washington boy, dude. Starting, starting small forward. The boy from Chelan. Shooter, <laughs> smoking Joe Harris. I always like to give cred where creds do when where it comes creds to do. when it comes to Washington boys. Jared Allen. For some reason, that name stands out to me. Yeah, you want to know why? Why? Because he played for the Vikings and was a sack artist in the NFL. Okay, that's why. Wrong sport. And his name, his first name, ends with a D, not two T's. Jared, yeah, okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that is what it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Jared Allen. Yeah, Brooklyn's going to be fun to watch. Because the Celtics lost Al Horford. Who did the... Okay, hold on. Who did they pair up with Jimmy Butler down in Miami? Did they get anyone else down there that's going to help I him out? I don't think so. I'd be uh, I'd be shocked if they don't have like someone else that's down there. Like, oh yeah, Drat J- Gorn Dragic, right? He's like Kelly Olynyk. Yeah, Dragic, and then Olynyk 
Oh, there's that kid that they drafted. Is that Tyler Harrow? Is that the kid from Kentucky? He just got drafted this year. Pick 13. Could be a good player. Yeah, no, he he looked he looked pretty good. He was like the he was like Kentucky's best player, right? Yeah, I I think or one the of Heat, the better players out of Kentucky this year. Right? Yeah, I think the Heat get, did pretty well in the draft, and then they did. I mean, they didn't do too bad in free agency, considering the East is so shook up with the Brooklyn really only the ones emerging as the clear powerhouse after Toronto and Milwaukee. You know, I think Boston's still a contender. Think so? Well, I and I I agree because I like I like Brown, I like Smart a lot, and those mm-hmm. guys stayed. Yep. And then you still have um, Tatum. Yep. And so talk like your young core. It's like again, we've always kind of compared Boston to the Warriors, or we on our this show, you and me have a little bit like those three stand. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Because those those are young core dudes who can play great ball on both ends totally so boston yeah the east is still pretty pretty dope but i mean i i mean i guess Kyrie played played pretty terrible last year so it's not like he's as much weight yeah going in he's not really going to be playing with katie until 2020 yeah you're right next year's not there the end of the fall the fall of 2020 is when he'll like you want to go ufc yeah, man, it's time to talk some MMA. Yeah, this is perfect timing. All right, we're back. Sorry, I had to cut. I had to make a little snack. We had bathroom <laughs> break. We want to talk about Mama. We're gonna go into UFC. UFC two thirty nine. It was International Fight Week over the Independence Day. Yeah, man, holiday. huge week for MMA. They, it's arguably the arguably the biggest card of the year. Yeah, they put every fight on there was just loaded. Two title fights. Two title fights. And then everything else was like a legitimate, like, I want to see that fight. The prelims were killer. Yeah. Great card to watch. I'm glad that we got everybody together for that. that was, oh, yeah. Thanks for hosting. That was a good one. It was fun, man. That was it so was, fun. It was a fun, dude. And when, when all those like knockouts happened, too, oh, like, we were goodness. just all losing our minds, dude. I'm pretty sure the neighbors, like, were just like, we're so glad we just sold our house. Yeah. We don't have to deal with this. F- anymore i know these idiots jumping around what are they yelling about yeah i can hear the tv at my house (laughs) obviously a lot of great great storylines there main event john jones defeats tiago santos after tiago basically blew out every portion of his knee possible yeah Um, yeah he tore every ligament and i think he did that in like the first or second round when he went in injured um he he, oh, so it was banged up before he went in? Yeah, he was injured before. And I think they tried to cover it up. And gotcha. if he got surgery, he wasn't going to be able to fight. Gotcha. So I would. So my opinion about that main event, and everybody was like up in arms about it, I understand. I would have been fine if they called it a draw. I would have been fine yeah. if John... I don't know about unanimous decision for John... I think the split decision is appropriate considering Tiago didn't wasn't finished despite tearing every ligament in his knee. Yeah, and he and one thing that was impressive about that is he kept fighting through everything. Yeah, and he like, injured he was John. A, he's an at, yeah yeah. He, I in mean, that first round, John still had to walk out on like yes, with his arms around everybody he, he in help. his corner. Yeah, he still needed help. And that so, happened from the very beginning. Yeah. So take a healthy Tiago Santos. Now what happens to John? Right. Jones? I right. want that run back, ASAP. Like yeah. as soon as Tiago 
gets what however many fights he needs to prove that he deserves another title shot. Dude, I think it's like surgery, rehab, wait and see. I don't even think that he needs like maybe they'll toss one fight at him like a top contender. The problem is is he's going to sit back here for a year and a half. Guys are going to climb the rankings. He's going to fall because he hasn't been able to fight. And he's who knows like in a year and a half, he might be the seventh or eighth guy in the in the division, maybe outside the top ten. And he's and, just getting older. And Dana's already got like he was already like if you scored one single round for Tiago in that fight, you should never judge another fight again. Like yeah, Dana White said that. It was like Dana, we understand that John is your guy, like Connor is your guy, right? But settle down, like. Well, dude, I think we, John I mean, didn't finish him. We don't have to. We don't have to listen to Dana at all. Chael Sonnen, no, you're right. Ch- Chael Sonnen said it best. Like Chael Sonnen thought that Tiago won the fight. Like he's like, I could have easily seen that fight going to Tiago Santos. Like, and see, once once John had him figured, once he had his timing and distance, right. John definitely didn't. He definitely stopped getting hit. Right. And now was it because Tiago couldn't move his left leg? Right. I don't know. I mean, so many times it was like on the verge of buckling. We saw it. It was like, yeah, it was almost like watching like uh, when Michael Chandler, like it was like a baby deer messed up born. his, his foot or ankle or like dislocated it a couple. Oh, I guess it would have been a year and a half, two years ago or whatever when he was uh, fighting Eddie Alvarez or something. Yeah, was it that guy or was it uh, Brent Primus? I think it was when he was, yeah, it was a while back, but I, I so well, I, here's what I think's next. I think they'll just try to figure out how to do Jones DC three. Yeah, Daniel Cormier, John Jones. There's yeah, there's no one ready at light heavy like Gustafson retired, right? Gus is gone. Johnny Walker needs a few more, yeah. one or two more. Yeah, and then I think Corey Anderson. You know he's in the mix now. Jan Blaschewitz. Yeah, who KO'd Luke Rockhold in this same card? Yeah. Tiago's the last person to beat him, and he was on a huge streak before that. And Tiago only KO'd him, I think it was in the later round, like the second or the third. Yeah. Which Tiago's going to KO anybody. Yeah. Tiago was going to KO John if he didn't tear his knee up. Yeah. Because he was messing John up. I, and DC said that he was going to retire after he's 40, and I don't think he's announced a retirement yet. So yeah. I think he's been kind of waiting. That's kind of like, a tough number to call, like just like considering he, he wants him one more time. Well, and it's like, even if you don't get it, you're going to get paid. Even if you don't win, you're going to get paid. And then you can say you did it. And, and he and loses again, though, man. Like, that's just. That sucks, though. Yeah. I would really want him to win. Yeah. I would really. Especially want if him. the last time that he. I mean, think about it like this. If they ha- make that fight happen and John goes in and wins and he doesn't piss dirty, dude. Like, that's. Then that's over. That sucks for DC. But, but. And it, like, kind of squashes the whole, like, well, he was on roids when he beat me the last two times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he wasn't this last time, and he, who knows what could happen, but unless DC can figure out how to wrestle him for five rounds, which is possible. Yeah, I mean. But we know that John's got a ground game, too, that not a lot of people test. I think that's what's next there, though. That's it. I agree. I like it. Nunez knocks out Nunez, Holly. And I saw that coming. I picked the KO on that for sure. Yeah, Nunez is I, had to, I, I had to pick the other way because I'm just desperate for points. So. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. But the, the biggest news of the card, beyond all of that, and the thing that like 
literally lifted me out of my seat. I in your living room, I stood up. Everybody just screamed. We stood up, and then we all started running around in circles. Yeah, because George Masvidal set the record for the fastest knockout in UFC history. Yeah, he he started the fight with his hands behind the back, and Ben Askren, a wrestler, a, a well decorated athlete, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very. Like they hadn't been beaten him, in MMA, had never lost. They brought him to the UFC specifically to so that he could contend for the welterweight belt and prove that he's the one of the greatest welterweights of all time. That's the only reason he's in the UFC. And he gets matched up with George Moss, but all talked a bunch of crap before the fight. And George puts his hands behind his back, takes two steps to the right, time and then times his run like two or three gallops yeah. launches his knee because he knew ben was gonna shoot for a takedown and drop his head and just connects right on the neck right, right on perf- the chin right perfectly kamara usman said that robbie lawler ran a mac truck through ben Askren's head in his previous fight jorge masvidal put a freight liner through his head and then he Gave him a little bit of a three-piece in soda afterwards. Yeah, then and I mean, lift it up. If you haven't seen it by now, he calls it super necessary. Super necessary. Yeah. But if you don't, if you don't like, my job is to keep hitting you until the ref tells me not him. to. And, he and if you don't him. like that, then you should probably go watch soccer. Yeah, that's <laughs> and what I he found said. that very very funny coming from him. But because uh, the U.S. women's national stuff was going on at the same yeah, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was literally talking about like change it to soccer then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, George is a he's a treasure of the internet. Yeah, he's a treasure of YouTube. He's a treasure of MMA. He always brings the commentary and the personality, and and he brought the UFC like one of the, probably one of the most iconic moments of oh, of anything no one will ever forget that ever. i mean it's it's no one's knockout will ever be like that no unless they do the same thing no but and, now and, and no one will ever that, shoot a yeah. takedown and the, the build up of that fight and his just disdain for ben Askren. oh yeah and, and then like the characters antics. that were pitted against yeah. each other it was yeah. just a beautiful uh, yeah. it was it was to me what i thought about this is such a corny ass thing to say but it was like it was like a really like beautiful harmony for something like MMA. Yeah. Because MMA is very violent. Like totally. By nature, it's violent. So get over that part. Right. Like it was like almost poetic in how it worked. Totally. Like these freaking people could not stand each other. And then a record was set. Yeah. And in the most, just the most explosive way ever. It's just crazy. And I like the way that you handle the question about like, do you feel like it was unnecessary for you to like showboat the way you did after like, you know, kind of like I did too. It was a perfect handle. And, and I think it's like, dude, I'm just handling it the way with my excitement that I would if someone had talked about your manhood or your ethnicity or your like, cause there was, there was trash talk about that. And I, I didn't really dive into like all the, yeah, I don't Twitter know what sphere was said or of like anything. what was really said. And it doesn't matter. It's I, a fight. I can imagine it was probably enough that like something was, said that was like super personal that was like dude you don't know me you just show up in the ufc and start saying stuff like this and yeah ben was i I, I get that he's a shit talker and he's really good at it and he's super good at marketing himself i will never take that away from ben Askren. yeah yeah um but 
in the two fights that he's had in the UFC, dude, I just haven't been impressed. Well, it's clear you're not you're not gonna last. I would love to see him fight like another wrestler, another ground and pound specialist that also has like striking. Colby Covington would have been a great fight. Yeah. And Kamaru might be too. I don't know. But I still think that both those guys probably beat him. Him and Damian Maya would actually have been pretty cool. I'm sure that that would be like a, a good grappling match. Um, you want to see people roll for like I know, 15 I know. to 15, Which I'm 15 down, minutes. I'm down for that. But yeah. But anyways, that that was just, it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. It was a good card. It was a, Great international fight week. Yeah. To to move on and but also piggyback on the John Jones bit is the headliner. He's in trouble again. This is from something from back in April though. He choked Domest- domestic violence, like, right? Choked some like cocktail waitress out at a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> and and you oh, know he's, there's you know, he's there's enough like this is the way I look at it. For the cops in the state of of New Mexico, in all of those organizations, to go through and keep pushing this forward, right? To issue warrants for arrest, to issue bench warrants for no shows, and all that stuff. It's kind of like they got something, man. Yeah, they got some video or something. Right. Like there's just so much. It's kind of like Connor and his thing. Totally. You know, like dude. It crosses a certain line where, like, if there's nothing there, there's nothing there, and they're not going to keep going through the motions. Yeah. As far as, like, the public or the police in this, um, you know, all of that, the Justice Department state. It's just like, ugh. Really hope it's a severe F up, but at the end of the day, like, the UFC, if he is, like, if this is true and he does get convicted of something and whatever he the ufc has to get rid of him yeah yeah they have to yeah they they it's too bad because like as we talked about like we think maybe like dc john jones i know the next next thing we might not even be able to see that happen it might just be done yeah i mean they'll probably if i got to imagine that the this is probably going to lead to a random drug test you know, yep. and who knows what's going to happen with that. And then it's like the picograms are still there. Yeah. <laughs> but also there's something new. And then it's just like, all right, yeah. guy, like fourth yeah. strike, you're out, bro. Yeah. But anyways. that. And don't... then Dana won't have anyone until he like finds his next guy. Well, that's the thing we were talking about before we started the podcast. Like, how's the UFC going to make any money if DC retires? Connor's not here. John's kicked out. Khabib's like, actually, I don't care anymore. I retired. I think I that I think that life. they probably lean on Cejudo a lot at that point. Yeah, he's not going to get you that far, man. Uh, the lightest guy in the world, dude. In the dude. The, so hey, look, that Fabes fight needs to happen, right? I mean, I, I like it. I don't hate it. I I think that that needs to happen. Uriah Faber versus Henry Cejudo. I mean, at Bama. So the last time that like make your eye go down to one twenty five. Mm. No, I'm just joking. He's 40, man. We can't, know, we, can't, we, can't, we can't make that guy go f- down to 125 at 40 years old. I'm just being a jerk. No, I think that, I don't know, they meet at 35 or 45. and Dude, I think that... Meet at 45 so Cejudo can get his 145 fight in. 
and then he can contend for his fourth belt or whatever he's talking about. Yeah. I think that that would be an interesting fight simply because like with Cody being Uriah's like kind of training partner, I think there's a lot of striking opportunity. Uriah's one. It was still a whole, he's a hall of famer to me. Like he's a UFC hall of famer. And I just think that would be an awesome, awesome fight and the preparation going into it and being able to train with Cody and, you know, a guy that can strike as well as Cody can. He lives and dies by it. But I mean, you throw that on a, a co-main as the co-main to mm-hmm. a card and you end the year with something like that, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, the, you know how they always do the late, the December cards? I could totally see, like, your, I mean, your eyes knockout of Ricky Simone was impressive. Yeah, and Ricky Simone's a tough, like, he's a young up-and-comer. Right. Kind of. like, yeah, like, Ariel, sleeper. When, when Ariel Hawani was talking about it, he's like, he, he didn't understand, like, he didn't understand why, like, Uriah took the fight. Yeah, like, why would you want why would that you, Why would you, it's like, he felt like it was almost like a dangerous fight. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't I that, agree. like, Ariel, he had him on the show, I think, following the win. He was like, it wasn't that I doubted you, it just, I didn't understand, like, that how does this make sense? Matchup. And I think Uriah was just like, look, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to have one last shot. Yeah. You know? I mean, you got to take the chances. And, um... Took the chance. It paid off real well. He, dude, he looked like he looked good. He looked in shape. He didn't look like I didn't think he looked out of shape personally. It was almost like he looked like the old Uriah Faber that we've seen like the WEC days, you know? Well, I mean, he's got the the freaking middle aged old man experience strength. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where like he doesn't, he's, he's, he can sift through some of the, fuzz of of or it's like, almost like a gsp comeback in a way exactly you know what i mean like like he's he's lived life enough to where he's not distracted by certain things yeah but like he could come back and absolutely be a champ yeah yeah i think it'd be cool. I, I think it'd be fun to see the cejudo fight happen i don't know how quick they can make that happen if it would happen before the end of the year i want even though al j is my boy and he's tearing it up i want him and peter yan to fight yeah, that'd be a good one. Because I'm a huge fan of right now, like, if you've got two contenders in the same weight class, dude, just, and, and they both arguably could use one more fight before it's for sure they're a contender, then that's just the fight to make. Totally. It's kind of like Leon Edwards and, and George Masvidal. Like, yeah. I want those two to fight, not just because George Masvidal served him a three-piece in the soda backstage, <laughs> but because... If Kamaru Usman is injured, or in my opinion, Woodley gets a title or a rematch first, because I think he deserves it, mm-hmm. because I think the only reason Welterweight's been so amazing is because Woodley tore through so many title defenses. Right. Give him a rematch. Let Colby sort his business out with Robbie Lawler. Have George and um Leon fight in the middle of all of that happening. Cause you gotta time it all out. So by the time Woodley and Co- and Usman or Covington and Usman get that over with. George and Leon are heels from that war, and, mm-hmm. and the winner can fight. Yeah, you know what I mean. And the loser isn't that far behind. They win one more, and depending on how the guy who you know whatever you know where I'm going yeah. with that though. Yeah, like, no, I think it makes sense. Like I would love to see welterweight shake it up like that, but it because Leon Edwards just won. Uh, there was a big UFC card this last weekend, right. and he tore RDA up. He looked great. Yeah, he looked really scary. All right, 
So we're going to make some picks for yeah, UFC, let's do UFC 40. 240. And then we can got a big card coming up this weekend. Go we'll watch it over here at Corbs. Yeah, man. We got barbecue. Holloway and Edgar finally going to throw down, dude. Dude, I love it. Where you, who, who you got? Dude. Blessed Express? Ah, man. I know you're going to hate me here, man, but I just. You going, Frankie? Yeah, I think it's going to be. I, I don't, be I don't hate that. Nut. Dude, I, here's what I worry about. First of all, I don't know. Like, Max going to even make weight? He looks he looks pretty good. I've been watching the embedded's pretty close. He looks pretty good. Cause I guess he took that was that one scenario where he took it along the fight on short notice and couldn't couldn't make weight because he was like twenty six. That was so pounds. short. So no one thought he was making that fight. It was I, for that was gonna be for Connor, right? I was that was gonna Habib. be oh, it was gonna be to fight Habib. Cause Tony or um Yeah, Tony fell out. Yeah. And that then it ended up being, it been, it ended up, they thought they were going to offer to Paul Felder at one point. He couldn't do it. Chiesa was going to get it, or Chiesa no, thought he was going to get it. He thought, I think there was maybe some speculation there, um, and then it ended up being Ray Janelle who took Habib for his first five-round do do Which now kind of seems like Habib was like not really giving that his full yeah. energy. I don't know, man. I just think he hadn't fought a wrestler yet mm. uh. i don't think he'd really fought a wrestler yet all right all right so i yeah i'm gonna go blessed i know you're going to bless he's your boy and he's my boy too i just i gotta try i'm i'm thinking with like not necessarily my heart but just my head like i gotta i gotta think it's frankie stein yeah i gotta score some points here <laughs> it's a good pick and for so long that this this has been an avoided fight you yeah. know, like it's kind of like I kind of feel like Frankie's probably mm-hmm. like, man, this is it, dude. This is it. Yeah, for me, if I don't, he looks good. Yeah, he looks. He's, he looks. He looks strong. Mm-hmm. So if you want to make some points up, this is I'm gonna give you a little tip. Okay, Trev, the co-main, <laughs> Christine. You're going with the undefeated girl, Cyborg versus Felicia Spencer. Yeah. So the reason. I would say that you should pick Spencer in this fight is because when you look at her, you see just a generic Canadian gal who practices martial arts. And you know what? She is just a generic Canadian gal. You watch her (laughs) on Embedded, you're like, dude, that's just like, she's just the most regular person. But watched her in her last fight. She's fighting Megan Anderson. Mm -hmm. And Megan Anderson is a big chick. Yeah. And Felicia Spencer weathered all the striking from Megan Anderson to get in close, took her freaking back, stayed on her back for a long time, and then eventually got Megan Anderson flattened out, choked her out, and freaking did it in a in a very aggressive, very like dominant fashion. Not just yeah. like a scrambly, yeah. like, oh snap, she caught her. It was a like, I'm going to take this position. I'm going to hold this position as long as I want until you make a mistake. So I'm watching Chris on Embedded and everything. And, and Chris Cyborg's an athletic you know, specimen. She's crazy. Mm-hmm. But, dude, I think Nunez, I think Nunez might have kind of like a... Kind Exposed of like, her? Yeah. And I think that she's, she might be overlooking... Somebody like she thinks she's gonna be able to walk her down and everything. 
if Lisa Spencer's been punched in the face before, and she's gonna be able to take it. And once she Chris walks into her, then Felicia's just gonna do what she just did to Megan Anderson, who's just as big as Chris Cyber. And actually, when you look at their stand or their matchup, their yeah. faceoffs, Felicia Spencer might be taller than Chris Cyborg. Really? And if she's bigger than her, then she's definitely taking her back and choking her out. Yeah. I don't know. I could just be like two and a half beers deep, but no. like. No. <laughs> I, I don't I, think I'm you're wrong there. I just, I just And also, if you want to make up points, no one else is picking Felicia Spencer in, yeah. in the league. Yeah. And no one's going to listen to this episode before the card. Yeah. So maybe Jordo. So it should be, I should pick Sub then, is what I should. I'm picking Sub. Because honestly, I mean, I don't know a ton about Chris's ground game and her sub game, but she's Brazilian, right? She's probably yeah. got a, some jiu-jitsu background. So if it does go to the ground and Felicia Spencer does lose or makes a mistake, I could totally see, like, Cyborg Chris subbing Chris snapping her. a freaking yeah. darse or something. Yeah. Because that's a tough fight to pick, too. Yeah. The, the, this entire card is impossible to pick right now. It's so hard. Jeff Neal and Nico Price. They have essentially the same record. I'm, I think I'm going to go Jeff Neal on that just because I don't, I think Nico Price, his last fight, I think he either he got KO'd or he KO'd. Yeah, Tim Means, man. He KO'd Tim Means. In the first round. And then, so he either, he's, he's just one of those people that he gets wins. Oh, he lost to Luke. loses. In submission. So it's kind of like, let's look at Jeff Neal real quick while we're doing this. I think that, uh, oh yeah. He got a decision with Muhammad. Okay. I'm picking Jeff Neal. Yeah. Should be a good fight. Bilal Muhammad's a bad I'll go price. Dude. I'll go price. You go price with that yeah. one? I'll go price. This guy. All right. Um, We got uh, Olivier. Aubin Mercier. Oliver Mercier. Aubin Mercier. Olivier Aubin Mercier. Versus Armand Saryukin. 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 So let's look at these guys' last fights. That's hilarious. Ryu? Um, Ryu? Oh, he lost his last fight. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with a boy from TriStar, man. Yeah. You said he's he's training with GSP. It, that's what I, I thought. The article, um, there's an article that said that the Canadian gangster. I like it. Looks like he's a submission artist, huh? Looks like it. And then you've got, I got Joko. Chris, Chris Duff, Joko versus Mark Andre Barriot. Yep, Barriot. All right, Joko has been tearing it up. Oh, he lost to Brad Tavares. Uriah Hall and David Branch. Yeah, he's had a little hard go, but but you're going with him. Yeah, Mark Andre lost his last. Damn, this card is it's a wild one, man. It's gonna this be a tough card one. Is to, a tough yeah. one to pick. This, this is, is like no this is gonna be land. one of those ones where like the people right, like people at the bottom of the league maybe rise from. They the might ashes. rise. They might just hit on some organized things. chaos. It is, dude. This is totally organized chaos. Yeah, I like it. All right, you want to close this out with the MMA prospect profile? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, MMA prospect profile that made the cut is Jai Herbert, who is the newly crowned Cage Warriors lightweight champ, 155 pounder. Six one, so he's big and long. Dang. 
and uh, just uh, won the belt, defeated Jack Grant to become the lightweight champ. Jack Grant was actually touted to be the favorite, and had he won, there was almost a certainty that the UFC would be offering him a contract. So Jai Herbert knocks him out, and the third round, he talked about it after the fight. He was really excited about the fact that like he got in a couple situations where that weren't great, and he just totally battled with it. We just totally battled with Jack Grant, and was super happy that he like knocked him out in the third round. Like had a had an absolute war with the guy rather than knocking him out quick. Yeah, because um, it was said that you know these guys would probably just throw hands super quick, and it might just be a quick knockout in round one. Yeah, he got in a few situations, was able to overcome him, and I think that you know he's probably. I don't know how long his contract is with Cage Warriors, but I think that the UFC will probably come knocking here pretty quick. The guy's got seven KOs. Um, his nine, he's got a 9-1 record. He's got one submission, one decision. The only loss he has was to, I believe it was Reese McKee, and I think Reese McKee is either fighting in Bellator or might be in the UFC. If you want to click on Reese, Reese's record, he's 9-2. Oh, he's still in Cage Warriors, but I think that he's. Oh, he lost to Terry Brazier. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of a bad. I think it was a bad loss for him in a decision. So it kind of, but that was a while ago. Jai Herbert has has grown quite a bit since then. So keep your eye on it. Keep your eye on Jai Herbert, Dana. You should think about signing him. Dana, think about signing him. I like it, man. That's a good one. Yeah, he's an up-and-comer. He's a top 10 fighter out of the UK, so hails from England, so another European guy. Fighting lightweight. Yeah, that's on his way up. And, dude, he's got, I mean, if he can stay at 155, that's a frame, dude. Yeah. Develop his submission game a little more, and yep, you are in trouble if you go to the ground with a guy that's got that size. Yeah. You know? Lanky. Lanky, so... That's, That's our MMA prospect profile for this episode. I like episode. it. I like it. Jai Herbert. Well done. Well, everyone, we'll kick out, we'll roll out all new social media branding and everything accounts. I'll put everything, we'll make an official description that I'll just copy into each episode. And then you can just hit links in the episode description. Yeah. Um. Last thing I want to do uh, comment on was... um. Just uh, sending thoughts and prayers to Maxime Dadashev's uh, or Dadashev's family and friends. The boxing world uh, lost a, uh, an up and comer boxer, um, uh, unfortunately due to some brain injuries that he suffered in a fight against Sabriel Matias this last weekend. Uh, he had to have like emergency surgery to try to fix a brain bleed, so he's put into an induced coma. Unfortunately, didn't make it. So. Uh, a sad day, and I think that it, you know we can probably just speak to like these guys go out there and put their lives on the line, all for like our entertainment. And you know it's kind of a somber moment to talk about, but I think that I just wanted to throw that out there and say that our thoughts and prayers are with his family and friends in the boxing world, because as much as we talk about MMA, we have very much gotten gotten into yeah, we've gotten boxing. into boxing and and we. We just, we feel like not just combat athletes, but all athletes are putting their bodies on the line. And there's, there's sports that have, you have minor concussion hits to your 
frame or your your uh your cabeza and it's just it's just uh we it is entertainment and it's and it at times like this when someone dies it does kind of feel like almost gladiator-esque totally entertainment so um we just we wanted to mention it and we wanted to just say that it's uh it's it's very unfortunate yeah totally well appreciate everyone tuning in yeah to making a, the cut yeah to making the cut episode seven we're excited to uh come back with you with episode eight talk about some new stuff at that point in time i think the Premier League season will have started. So Premier League will start. The preseason pre-se- football. Preseason football. You know, there'll be some, there'll be all sorts of new stuff. Getting closer to the playoffs for Major League Baseball yep. into September. Yep. Cover that. And then shortly after football starts, basketball starts. Yep. October. So just enjoy the rest of the summer, though. In the yeah. meantime, everyone. We'll be back with an episode in August for sure. Yeah, and we'll uh we'll get the social media accounts set up. Make sure you guys subscribe and follow all that. Absolutely. Business. Cool. Awesome. Right. Organized Chaos, Organized episode seven chaos. in the books, making the cut. Peace. Later.